Jelly. Rusty. Oh, i got a question for you. How, how much debt are you currently in? Uh, so a few years ago I paid off. my Like I had a massive credit card and I paid it all off maybe four, three or four years ago. So at the moment, not any personal debt, although I guess I do have a mortgage, so that's probably debt. That's probably debt. So have you ever heard in the uh, development world people refer to technical debt? Sure. So that's like when you're working on a project and uh, you know you haven't updated older stuff and you end up with, you know, it might be out of date or using older frameworks or something like that. Yeah, that's what it kind of is. Yeah, pretty pretty much. So I I have this weird situation at the moment where I have a project that I need to to update. So it's it's Pocket Cast for iOS, funnily enough. And you know, a- Apple has recently released a, a new version of their Swift language. So you've got Swift two point um, You've got all these new frameworks that came in iOS nine. And now I'm kind of looking at the project. It's like, which bits do I just kind of patch? Which bits do I just build stuff on top of? And which bits do I kind of need to to rewrite? Like, I'd, it's it's hard at the moment because you can see, you know, they have this brand new programming language. It's probably going to end up being the programming language eventually, yeah. you know, maybe two years from now, five years yeah, from probably. now, 10 years from now, who knows? So should I still be writing, you know, new code in Objective-C? Is that is that still a thing? See, I think that's... Yeah, I mean, in GIFWrapped, I've been writing new code in Objective-C because it it is difficult because sometimes the new code that you'll write is kind of a significant part of a different, like of an existing class or existing kind of bit. I mean, I know there's the whole thing where you can extend classes and with Swift and kind of have this weird like jumble of Objective-C and Swift and and stuff, but I, I... Honestly, I've been writing every. I've been writing all that sort of new stuff in Objective C. Mm. So there's no there's no Swift anywhere in in GIF wrapped. Not at the moment. I nearly went back. I because I I have a um. So the GIF wrap now has a, an extension, and I made the. I I don't know if it's a mistake or if I just kind of you know if if it's just a thing. I I you know I I wrote it in Objective C. I guess just because it was what I was doing. And I considered going back and rewriting it in Swift at one point and never really did. I guess that's I guess that's perfect example of technical jet actually. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's no there's no Swift in GIF wrapped at this point. None at all. You see that that was my plan when I started um the updates to Pocket Cast that we're doing for this this big new release. I'm like, you know what? There's not gonna be any Swift in there because it's just easier to keep, you know, just one language in your project and keep everything consistent. And then then I started, you know, planning all the, the different things I was gonna build in there. And then I'm like, Oh, but I've got probably I don't know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty different new classes that I'm gonna write. What what do I do with those? Like do I still write those in Objective C for consistency? You know, do I kind of do it in Swift for future proofing? And if I do both, like is there gonna be any sort of, you know, issues with having both of them in a project together and like weird sort of edge cases and things? And I chatted to a lot of different developers and I kind of looked around and in the end I'm just like, you know what? Throw caution to the wind. Like everything new I do in that project is gonna be in Swift. 
And that's kind of a decision that I made. And now I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it was the right decision. So let's say, I mean, obviously, if you're writing a new class, you write it in Swift. Yeah, I'm get, yep. that's a, a given. If you write a new method on a class, do you write it in Swift? No. So if I'm just updating a method in an Objective-C class, then I'd leave it in Objective-C. But the weird part is I've come across a few uh, little cases where I'll come to an Objective-C class and it's like 20 lines long or it's 30 lines long or it's there's this weird sort of... I don't know if you call it feature creep or scope creep or just rusty working on Swift creep that I come to this class, I'm like, you know what? It's so tiny. I could just rewrite this whole class and it'd be even smaller than it was before and I can get rid of a little bit of the craft and now it's in Swift. And I think I might be doing too much of that at the moment because it's all, oh, I'm going to replace this bit with this bit and oh, this bit's going to go here and oh, wouldn't it be neater if, you know, I had a done it this way the first time around and that's that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. And that's an, that's actually an interesting point, right? Because if you go back and you do all of that work, that I mean that's t- that takes out time from your development thing and so then you're not developing new things, you're redeveloping old things. I mean, I'm a big believer in balance, but where does the balance come with like doing a decent amount of, you know, uh, keeping yourself up to date with, you know, the technical debt, I guess, and uh, you know, writing new stuff? Well, that's that. It brings about another, even more interesting thing is when, uh, when you've worked on a product for a long time that that you've seen a lot of. Like I've seen, you know, Pocket Cast for I think four, or maybe even five years now. Is you also have to keep finding ways to keep yourself interested in in what you're doing, and uh, mm. I think that's kind of the shortcut that I've taken. I'm like, okay, I need you know some new and exciting things, and we are going to put in some new and exciting features but at the same time to keep me excited as a developer I'm like you know what I might might try a new language as well and I guess in some some of those instances that those are probably bad I guess business decisions but and then in other cases you know they're good ones you know if the developer working on something is motivated and they're excited and you know they're, they're passionate about what they're doing then presumably they're going to you know be doing a better job and then you also kind of look into the future and I'm thinking okay one day you know, if Pocket Cast is still around in three years' time and Apple brings out some new shiny thing and they're like, oh, by the way, you know, this new shiny thing is Swift only, which I think will mm-hmm. will happen one day, then I'd like to think that I'm, you know, slightly better positioned for that than I would have been had I just been doing everything in Objective-C. Yeah. I find it really difficult, though, because there's a, there's a lot of things that you kind of have to take into account when you're doing that sort of stuff. How do you decide when you're dealing with libraries and stuff like that? Because I mean, I've got a lot of I've got a lot of libraries set up that I use, um, which I've created, mind you, that I'm you know that I maintain that are kind of s- separate. And so this is something that I weirdly ran into the other day. Swift doesn't deal with static libraries, and so when you start writing, trying to write against a static library in Swift, you kind of stuffed do you, do you ever have you have you come across that at all yet no no i haven't i think that's because in the majority of cases i think all my libraries are, are dynamically sort of loaded ones but i have come across a, a few weird edge cases where i've done something in swift you know you you make like a a struct or you you make something that's kind of swift specific and then, and then you go to use it in objective c and you're like oh, oh this thing actually doesn't exist and there's there's absolutely no translation for it and now you got to do something stupid like do you rewrite the thing that's trying to call it in swift or do you write some kind of you know small kind of bridging thing in between and and every now and again it does feel like yeah you've kind of hit this point where you're like oh am i actually spending more time trying to get these two to interface with each other than I am actually being productive. But I think overall, it's actually been a positive thing. Like I've been enjoying it. I've been learning new stuff. And it's funny you should say libraries. I've also been looking at the libraries that are inside Pocket Cast and I've come across a few that, you know, they haven't been 
sort of they haven't been updated for Xcode seven and they haven't been updated, you know, with all the new stuff that's in there. Yep. And in in a few cases it's very easy to go, yep, just patch that or fix this one thing or just you know, just fix it for the moment. But then a few other cases, I'm like, well, you know what? I only actually use this library in one or two places. Like maybe it's a good time to actually ditch that library and just consolidate the code that's in the project as being, you know, more specific to what I'm trying to do. And I guess that's always been my kind of tension with libraries. You know, you put in the library from some external source and it makes your life really easy because here's a whole bunch of code that you don't have to write. Mm. But it also can sometimes make your life really difficult because sometimes there'll be there'll be bugs in this library or the library will stop being updated, you know, by the author or all sorts of things can, that can happen. And then six months down the track or two years down the track, you're like, oh, you know, this this library that I used to use doesn't work anymore and all my code is based around this library. And now if I go and write it myself or I pull in another library, then that's time I have to, to spend doing that. Yeah, I mean, I get I get kind of this, you get the same issue whether regardless of whether or not you're, you know, changing languages or anything like that. That's just, I think that's just a, another part of technical debt in general libraries can and will go out of date or they'll stop being especially in the case of open source yeah there's no there's no guarantee that a library is going to be you know continually updated forever um so what happens when your app or your project outlives that library what do you what do you do i mean i i personally i mean i've got i've got libraries like for instance i've got i don't know if you've got this but i've got like a a utilities library that like i stick random crap in <laughs> it's it's just like a you know a catch-all for things that i you know do reg do regularly so i'm not having to you know write it over and over and over again do you find that that sort of stuff gets out of out of date or like are you kind of constantly pulling that stuff out of that well this is the interesting part so i've been coding now for i want to say 13 or 14 years and i found the way i actually deal with um that sort of common code and code i reuse often has, has really changed so in the early days i was super diligent about you know putting it in library files and you know making it sort of generic and having you know my project import from this other project which was checked in to its own sort of source control repository and I found as I've kind of evolved, and I don't know if I've evolved or de-evolved, but these days I actually just take classes and I paste them into my project. And if I want to make changes, I make just specific changes inside there. And then when I come to do the next project, I'll get the most recent project I worked on and I'll just cut and paste those same you know files as needed out of there. And that initially sounds stupid. You know, There's this rule in development that this is the worst possible thing you could be doing is is cutting and pasting code around the place and you know what if there's a bug and you could fix the bug in you know 12 projects instead of one project but i've kind of found that the practical application of this is that this common code gets better over time and it doesn't affect the other projects so if i want to make changes you know in the latest version of let's say pocket cast i can just make them to this common code as much as i want without worrying about ah oh, do i now need to retest pocket weather do i need to retest you know this client project do we that i built do i need to retest something else so I, I don't know. I don't know if I feel dirty doing this, but it's it just seems like the most pragmatic way to go is just yeah, just dump it into the project. Is that bad? Yeah. Look, I um I don't think I can speak to you anymore. <laughs> Cuz that horrifies me so much that I'm just sitting here in shock. Uh yeah, but you need to need to think about it a bit. Like, why why do you make a common project? And the idea is so that you can have one source of like a particular code. Let, let's say, let's get specific. You've got code for. Uh, assuming you have a project for manipulating maybe strings or changing views, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I have a few common, various common things. I think one of them is like, for instance, uh, taking a URL, like a file file path URL, and 
you know, figuring out a unique one so that you can kind of get, you know, if you have, if you already have, you know, file one, file two, file three, it'll figure it out and create file four. But to, to kind of explain the bad side of that sort of, sort of behavior, and actually this is, this is an example pulled directly from my old, uh, my, my job, my previous job. When I started there, they were maintaining a bunch of plugins, I guess, for WordPress by copying and pasting the code from various projects from one to the other and just trying to you know keep a mental map of where the latest one was. And mostly it was terrible because what would end up happening is somebody would make a change to one, not make it to another one. And so all these different plugins would get into different states. And anytime that you tried to do something, it would be you'd have to figure out which project that was in. And was it in that client thing or was it in the other one? And let's do a search and I can't find it. Whereas, you know, keeping it all in one project that you can just kind of internally, you know, bring in and mess with. I find a lot neater because a you can update it a lot faster, but also make a significant bug fix. It's not something that you have to then copy and paste out. God, oh god, I'm just I'm terror. I'm horrified by this. No, no, but see, see, there is the other extreme of that. If you're trying to do the same thing in ten different projects, then by all means, like make a common library of your code and import that. But I'm I'm talking about I'll, I'll generally work on one thing at once, and it'll be you know, very specific and I might need some code to manipulate, let's say a view, move a view from one place to another, do some kind of fancy animation that I've done before. Like a lot of my sort of common utility methods are just take something that takes 10, 20 lines of code and just turn it into one method call that's that's really obvious. And a lot of that stuff, you know, I don't want to blow my own horn or whatever, but it's it's been traditionally pretty bug free. You know, you import it, you use it. And then if you find a better way to do it, you write a new version of it. And now you don't have to go back to all your old code and be like, oh no, this method's now called this and it behaves slightly differently and oh this code base is you know has a minimum of ios 6 but this code base has a minimum of ios 8 or 9 you don't have to try and create like multiple methods or whatever you're like no the, the version that's in uh, th- this project is you know ios 9 specific you know i've deleted all the other junk that's in there the version that's in the other project yeah maybe that still has ios 7 code in it. i think in practice it's not you know if you were to embrace this way of working personally i don't think it's as scary as it sounds like i know it's every it's it's every person's nightmare to be like oh what you don't it's almost like telling someone you don't use source control you know if someone told me they don't use source control be like you don't what but (laughs) when you and that's true like if you don't use source control you know you're older and you should oh yeah but i think this is very different this is like a pragmatic approach to reusing code that i don't know for me it's always kind of worked and if you've never tried it i reckon you should that's that's my advice I've definitely tried it before, but I think I think I've upgraded, not downgraded, to using a, <laughs> using a drop in library for that sort of stuff. And I mean, there's a you know you have to be. I think you have to be pragmatic about what you put in that sort of stuff because obviously, if you're linking you know linking a library, you don't want it to be you know linking a library for you know one method or or something like that. But at the same time, yeah, I. I mean, that's the other thing is I'll, I'll bring these things in one by one. So if I need something to, to just manipulate some kind of string, I'll just grab that one object that I need with like the, just the category that I need and I'll be like, that's all I need. I don't want the rest of the stuff in there. I don't need all the other things that are in that category. I just need this one method. Yep. And then as I need sort of more stuff, I'll pull that in. So, I mean, there's also something cleaner about it. You've only got the bits in there that, that you're actually using. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I we're going to agree that I'm on not this. Convincing you. You're not convincing me. <laughs> I, I'm like, you're like, yeah, no, this is an amazing way to work, and I'm like, oh god, my life is flashing before my eyes. It's not, it's not working. I don't. Whatever you're doing, it's, it's not working for me. 
Oy. But I, I think that either way is uh, an interesting kind of uh, way of dealing with technical debt, right? Regardless of whether you're copying and pasting or using a library, because using like having code that you reuse does kind of, I mean, it can both contribute to technical debt and it also can kind of keep you things moving forward. In my case, like if I update a class in my in one of my libraries to you know use Swift or, or whatever, I'm kind of reducing technical debt across a bunch of different things. I, I you know if you're copying and pasting files, then maybe maybe you might take the opportunity to write a new you know a Swift version of a an old Objective C you know class, and that again is reducing your technical technical debt. Yeah, that's true. But I'll give you an example recently. So um, there's another project that we're working on, which is it's Swift only, like the entire thing is pure Swift. And so instead of importing some of these things, I rewrote them in Swift. And the, the thing about rewriting them is they don't have the same method signatures anymore. You know, there are yep. things that make more sense in Swift than they do in Objective-C or that you do slightly differently or that you can do in a better way. And so I did it the pure sort of Swift way and I, there'd be no way to, to go and import that back into an Objective-C project. So if I did that in a common library and then I imported that library back into some of my previous projects, those things would actually break. Like I'd still have to make you know, new classes anyway. And now I have two versions of the same thing, you know, in a library. It doesn't, doesn't really make sense anymore. Yeah, but... Um, Come on, you got to give me that one. Look, yes, I'll give you that one. But at the same time, by updating my library, I therefore go back and, you know, in the case of, you know, making a, an all Swift version of that class and replacing my existing class with it, when I go back to another project, I'm kind of more likely to update that old project so that it uses this new library. I mean... I'm kind of required to do it if I want to update the library. And that means that not not only have I reduced my technical debt within the library, I've reduced it within, you know, two and or more apps. So, but what 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 if whatever you've written in this library is not compatible with Objective C, for example, then you wouldn't actually be able to use it at all without updating the rest of your your project. Yeah, but I mean, like there are there some are, Swift concepts are, that just don't translate back to to objective c yeah that's and that's fine and you know in that case then there might be i I think it's about you you gotta plan it i plan ahead i'm all about planning ahead trying you know that's (laughs) and i mean for the most for the most case when it comes to technical debt i mean that's part of part of it right although i've had a you know a couple of instances where i've introduced technical debt because i'm trying to plan ahead but at the same time, I, I feel like if you if you try and plan ahead and think, you know, try and uh, think towards the future and what you might be wanting to do, you, you might approach things slightly differently, maybe. Yeah, well, that that's kind of an interesting question is how have you fi- found that your coding style has changed over time? Like I, I found that, that I personally, as, as I'm getting, I don't know if I'm getting older, surely I'm not getting older. Please, please say I'm not getting older. You are getting very old matured is that a better word as i've matured as a program i found that i'm just getting more and more pragmatic you know i when i was younger i used to all be about you know the interface must be this and this must be in this class and this must be in this class and there must be perfect separation between this and these 10 things must be in a library and i find that these days i'm like you know what like without making it messy just whatever the hell works just just do that thing and I'm not just saying like set the code on fire and just place like <laughs> random blocks of code everywhere. Like do it sensibly, but don't be, you know, too dogmatic about, you know, everything must be exactly where it's meant to be, even if that, you know, leads to to things being like way harder than, than they need to be. Have you found your your styles changed over time? Yeah, I mean, it has. And I don't necessarily think that I've kind of uh, become quite as pragmatic as you have 
Oh, it'll come when you get older. Just wait for it. But uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think I have experienced the start of this um, in that I'm less and less trying to fight with Xcode about you know where spaces are in my code and whether or not I space between brackets and parameters and stuff like that. That's but that's I mean that's obviously not coding style that we're talking about but just as a general thing like i mean you know my thinking of trying to like think ahead and future proofing that 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 definitely hasn't changed over time and if it has it's you know only got more intense not less intense but i i think if anything has changed over time is i've become a little bit more wise about what i'm doing and not doing things for the sake of future proofing but doing things you know that work that are kind of, I guess are, are more pragmatic but you know not so far as just what you're talking about which is just like let's just set everything on fire woo no 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 uh, so yeah. let's not set everything on fire <laughs> oh right not not set everything on fire <laughs> it's too late because I've just now set everything on fire so this is no, awkward no, no. you've got what what you have to realize is that inflammable means flammable that's so deep. <laughs> so don't set everything on fire. Actually, still means don't set everything on fire. Oh, I see. You know, I'm maybe I'm not necessarily as you know as evolved as you are, Rusty. But I think oh, uh, I can I can hear the sarcasm from. You know, <laughs> but I, you know, I I definitely think that like I think your style as you get uh, as you get more experienced, it does definitely kind of evolve over time regardless of whether or not you know regardless of who you are and what decisions that you make in your life about libraries it definitely (laughs) it definitely evolves i it you know you i think you do become a little bit more pragmatic as you kind of get more you stop doing things just for the sake of doing things and you start doing things to make things work that makes sense, and I think that's a that's a path a lot of programmers start down. It just depends how far you're willing to let, let yourself go down this path before you you know you lose all self respect and you know you give up what you're doing and become I don't know a florist maybe. What is that noise? I'm setting things on fire. That is that is my <laughs> that is my lighter. Oh no no wrong <laughs> takeaway jelly wrong takeaway. It's too late, Rusty. It's too late. And when this house explodes, guess what noise it's going to make? I'm going to guess it starts with car and ends in... Boom. 